Welcome to the K-12 Food Rescue Podcast. I'm John Williamson, the host of the podcast and founder of K-12 Food Rescue, an organization founded in 2007, committed to empowering people to lead the food is not trash movement in their school districts. Today, I'm joined by Morgan Bleakley, teacher at Helen Morgan Elementary and K-12 Food Rescue leader in Sparta, New Jersey. So Morgan, welcome to the K-12 Food Rescue Podcast. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. So Morgan, you contacted K-12 Food Rescue and I think, you know, around March of 2019. Can you kind of tell our audience a little bit about yourself, how you became interested in school food waste, and maybe if you remember how you stumbled upon K-12 Food Rescue? Sure. Um, I'm actually a teacher of the Gifted and Talented. So a lot of my classes are based around um, student interest and their passion projects. And this started as a passion project with a third grader who just came to me one day and said, I think we should do something about all the food that's getting thrown away. It was so organic. Um, and before that, I had never heard of Food Rescue. Um, she just wanted to make a difference and she it bothered her. I know at home they didn't waste food. So she brought that into school and that idea into school and said, you know, we have to do something about this. So when I first started to brainstorm ideas with her. What can we do? It's funny, Food Rescue, we didn't know about it. So it wasn't um, top of our list. Our first idea was to do a share table. You know, if you don't want the food, you can share it when we, that's not an option here in New Jersey. Okay. Uh, I shouldn't say in all of New Jersey. It's not an option in our school district. Um, I think because of allergies and such. So then our second idea was to take the food waste to, and this would be unpackaged food waste to farms. We're, we're pretty rural where we live. And um, I remember as a child, there was a, a, a food bin in my cafeteria where you threw away any unwanted food uh, with no packaging. And that went to, I think, one of the workers in the cafeteria that had pigs and we fed the pigs. Right. That was sort of something we threw around. And then... While I was brainstorming with this student, another student said, wait, my mom, my mom wants to do something about this too. And she, um, Sari Biondo, um, became our volunteer and our liaison. She actually found Food Rescue, the website. And so she brought it in. Then these two young girls, by this time we're in fourth grade because this idea sort of came up in the spring of third grade. She um, showed us the website and said, would you be willing to, can, can we do this? And I said, sure, this sounds like a great solution um, for lots of different reasons. So that's really how it came about. Um, and then we just got the rest of the school on board and we started. Well, it's just an amazing story to hear that uh, I'd never heard that piece of it, that it was literally this eight-year-old that came into you with the idea. Um, I just think that is, that is so cool. Um, it was. It was amazing. <laughs> Uh, it's a great, great thing for our audience to hear as well. You know, you're never too young to change the world, right? Sure. Absolutely. So prior to finding our website and resources, do you remember the hurdles you were facing? I mean, you kind of went over a few of them. And how did the resources that you found at foodrescue.net help you move forward with the K-12 Food Rescue Program? Oh, the resources were invaluable because I really didn't know where to start. So it gave it was just a great outline of, okay, this is, this is how you start it. This is what you can do. Um, the videos, the kid testimonials, um, and really the, the legal stuff on the website is what helped us. Um, we definitely received some pushback. 
from our food service program in the schools. Um, it's an outsourced program, so it's a um, private company. And um, I never actually got the full story of why they dealt with the administration, um, but it was, I think they were uneasy with food leaving their kitchen and then going somewhere else and um, outside of the school. Um, but all of the legal information that's on your website on K-12 Food Rescue really helped us convince um, the administration and the food service program that that we're good to go. Like we can do this. It's um, uh, no one's going to be held liable for anything. And uh, it, it's a good thing. It's saving the, the environment as well as providing to our local food pantry. It's, to me, it's a no-brainer. How can you say no? Um, I was sort of surprised at the hurdles we did have to jump through to get it up and running, but everybody's on board now. <laughs> well, that is just wonderful to hear because, you know, obviously in all the years we've done this, we've heard so many of the, you know, various objections, and we try to put all the answers to those objections on it to make it easy because they, when they come up, it's, it's never like someone says, oh, I've never heard that one before. Yeah, that one's true in New Jersey. That one's true in California. That one's true in Indiana. Um, and it's just nice to know that, uh, that those resources were helpful to you. Um, they were. It was, it was invaluable because to do that legwork and, and still do my, like it just, it would have been overwhelming, I think, for me. And I'm not sure we would have been this successful had I not had ready access to the answers to those questions. So we're, we're grateful for the resources for sure. That is awesome. So can you tell everyone what you've been able to accomplish since you started to work on K-12 Food Rescue and the school food waste solutions? I know that there's at least two schools, Helen Morgan and Mohawk Avenue, that definitely enter in data based on what they've uh, reserved. So I'll let you kind of tell everybody what you've been able to accomplish. Sure. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, we, we try to log it in as often as possible. Sometimes it depends on when our volunteer is coming and when I have a free period in the day to meet with students to do this. Um, but, but we have three grade levels. Um, two, it's two schools. So technically um, we're looking at close to 400 students who each day they, um, when they don't have food or they, when they have food that they do not want to eat, they place it in our food rescue bins. I've been able to get the entire grade level um, in third grade and fourth grade involved in the process. So I have a rotating group of students once a week who on Fridays will take the bins and we record and log in everything that's done. Um, we were really grateful that our parent volunteer last year was able to send over some pictures of the process of when it leaves the school, because I think it's really important for them to see the full circle of what's happening. So they were able to see the food coming out of the out of the trunk that we put it in on Fridays and making its way to the shelves of the food pantry. Um, we we get uh, tons of thank yous and gratitudes from Project Self-Sufficiency. That's who we partner with. Um, again, I don't have the numbers, so I apologize for that. But I think the impact... And I have kids this year saying, and my fourth and fifth graders, when's food rescue starting? Why haven't we started that up yet? So, so they know about it and they're interested in, in making a difference. And they know we talk about, um, we've linked it this year to the sustainable development goals from the United Nations. And we're hitting two goals with food rescue. Uh, the number two is zero hunger and 13 is climate action. So we're able to to make an impact on those two goals set forward by the United Nations um, and just 
make the students aware of things that they can do in their everyday life to make the world a better place. Wow, that is incredible. Um, you know, you mentioned um, kids coming to you and saying, "Why aren't we doing it this year?" Can you give me, can you give our audience a little idea of how COVID affected everything and and how you brought it back to life after after you know a period of time? Sure. Um, so COVID, we were. Let me think. <laughs> we went through every stage. We were home. All we were all virtual. Then we were part virtual, and then half the school was in and half the wasn't. Um, but when we finally came back, so so yeah, it, it disappeared that that March, and I think through December of the following year. But actually, it was a boom to the program um, because in New Jersey, I'm not sure if it was nationwide. In New Jersey, um, every student was provided a lunch for, I guess, a year and a half. Mm -hmm. So it actually was a boom to our food rescue numbers because they were being automatically given food, which seemed sort of crazy. I, I mean, I get the intention of it, but there was so much unwanted food during COVID. So it actually, the numbers, of the amount of food that we ended up um, rescuing increased during COVID because they were handed sacks of food. Whether you brought your own food or not, every child was handed a lunch. Right. So there was tons of food that um, ended up being rescued. Um, it was just an overflow. Um, it's funny, we look now, that's not the case. We're finally back to you choose what you want. So, you know, they go through the lunch line and instead of being handed this entire lunch, they're choosing. So I don't know what our number is going to look like this year. Um, but I think whatever it is, you know, whether it be a little or a lot, it's still being, it's still not going in a landfill and going to somebody who needs it. So we'll see. I don't, again, we start on Monday, so we'll see what the numbers of food we, we actually can bring in are. Based on your experience, if just eyeballing it or whatever, what, what's typically do you think been, uh, say, a day uh, of food items that you might have? That's a great question. I'm not in the cafeteria every day, so that would be really hard for me to answer. I'm sorry. Well, that's all right. That's all yeah, right. I don't. I don't know on on the daily what comes in because I'm not. I have yeah, classes during that time, so I just check in on Fridays. Yeah, you can't. You can't sit and stand above the uh, all the food as it's there. Um, so what, do you, what steps did you take um, to kind of make the kids think differently about their food waste? Um, were you able, basically, how were you able to communicate it, I guess, to the whole to the whole school? So to the whole school. So the first year we did it, it definitely stemmed from that little girl, Mia. Um, so I just sort of gathered a group of kids who I really felt would be um, change makers um, based on observation and students who would be comfortable speaking in front of the school about this. And so the first year I sort of introduced it to them through Mia. Um, Mia really actually did the introductions about it. Um, and then I took this group of students and sort of gave them a more in-depth reason as to why third grade's sort of young to understand global warming, but, uh, but we did it. They, they, I think they have a basic Totally fine. You're a school teacher. That's expected back there. <laughs> <laughs> they have a basic understanding. Um, and then what we did to get it out to the entire school is they created a video about food rescue, why we do it. They watched a lot of the videos that were on the food rescue website, and then they decided to make their own. 
So they made a video and then that was pushed out to each homeroom so that everybody in the school understood what, what we're doing and why we're doing it and how they can help and, and contribute. So that's how we put it out to the school. And then, actually, there's more. Sorry. Every student had the opportunity to sign up to be a food rescue warrior. And that was the from that list. And I think I I mean, I didn't do the numbers, but I had close to 100 percent of the the entire school wanted to help, which was wonderful. So they sign up and then they get put on a schedule. And those are the kids who do the weekly intake of the food and and count it out actually in our third grade school it's very cute the um cafeteria aid they have we have our food rescue bin and then they put it on a cart and the two volunteers the two volunteers for that day walk around the cafeteria with the food rescue bin on the cart and sort of yell food rescue food rescue and then kids throw in their stuff and then it gets put in the refrigerator so i really think it's important to get everyone involved um, this year, just because of time constraints and scheduling, um, it's specifically my identified students, because those are the ones that I get to see, um, who put out the video and will um, be in charge of the introductions of it. But then the entire school will have an opportunity to count the food and see it and package it and get it ready for the volunteers to, to pick up. Yeah, well, I look forward to seeing that new video this year because the the one that you made previously is on our website, and it's such a cool video to inspire, especially because there's so many students, you know, involved in it. That was really neat to see. Um, this, I'm sure, go ahead. This year, um, to introduce it to some of my students, we have a we have a lot of new students this year, so mm-hmm. I showed them that video. So I have a lot of new students, but I also have a lot of siblings. So it was very fun for them to watch because it was, oh, I know that kid. That's my brother. I didn't know he did that. So it was really, it was kind of fun to, to revisit that video and, and update it. Yeah. So I'm curious, uh, the, the young lady who came to you with the idea, if that was 2019, she'd be about what, 11 years old now. Is she still in the building or has she moved on to the junior high school? Oh, she's in the middle school now. Um, they did, And that's funny because she did, the administration reached out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, saying we have Mia and she wants to do this food rescue. And I said, yep. And I sent them your website and, um, and said, I'm here if you need me. So, so I don't know if they got it up and going at the middle school, I'm not positive, but, um, I know that she wanted to continue her work for sure. Wow. We would love to do an interview with her. Uh, so if you have any, any strings you can pull with maybe her parents, as far as getting us connected, uh, she would make a great interview for somebody that did something so, you know, from eight years old and is continuing to move on to junior high school and still making an impact. I definitely will. And in fact, before COVID, I guess we maybe were up and running two years before COVID. Um, I had a high school student reach out to me and she wanted to start it at the high school. Again, I sort of give them the information. Don't know that it, I don't know where it went after that, but, um, but it definitely, it, it rippled through the, through the district. And I recently connected with a woman from our local public uh, private school um and she was looking for information of how to get it started so we're hoping it'll start in the private school as well in town is that the woman that inquired on our website that i folks or is that a different person nope same person yep person awesome awesome um so what advice would you have for people that are interested in approaching their schools about starting these uh you know, food pantry relationships to recover this healthy food that's unopened and unpeeled um, that might otherwise be thrown away my advice from my experience at the beginning is to definitely go to the website, 
the K-12 Food Rescue website and um, know what you're talking about. All the resources are there, have it ready to go um, and explain that, that this is something that we can do as a school, sort of champion the effort and um, just be ready to answer questions and, and have all those resources on hand. Um, because there will be questions. There's yeah, the administrators are very good at looking, and maybe this is my only experience, but administrators are very looking at good at looking at the details and sort of maybe why things won't work. Um, I tend to be the opposite side and think oh, it's going to work. We'll do it. We'll figure it out as we go. So it's actually a good collaboration to have somebody on the other side asking all those questions. Um, they definitely asked some questions that I didn't think about, but I was able to get answers for. So I think just be prepared. Um, have a group of kids ready to go um, and just be tenacious about it. It's worth it to be tenacious about it. And it's a meaningful um, endeavor for these kids to take on. And it's something that they take with them. Um, they take home, they, they think about it outside of school. Um, and they'll tell you that. And you can get those testimonials from the kids after about a year. And it definitely carries over into their, into outside of school, into their world. So so that would be my advice. So based on your the way that you've implemented the program, you definitely feel like it's it's affected the, the kids' level of thankfulness as well as the, the fact that they can make an impact in the world. Absolutely, absolutely. Especially the impact on the in the world. <clears throat> they 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 there's a definite feeling of accomplishment when they do it. They can't wait to get involved. Um, when they and using the tool, the um, the counting tool on the website. Yeah. Um, where they log it in that I, as a teacher, I love, I mean, we get to talk about our carbon footprint and how much we've reduced it. Um, and they really, they're just amazed by that. I mean, it's, it's like the highlight of their month when they get to, to log that food in. Um, and I forget your actual question, but, um, well, no, no, I, sorry. I'm glad you brought the tool up because I think I skipped over that. Can you kind of just walk our audience through, what that looks like and maybe how simple it is and, and what the, and what, the, what you actually do get back when you input the data. Oh, sure. It's fantastic. It is definitely easy to use. I set up my computer and the kids input the data. It's just, it's a grid of very typical foods that you would find. Um, I have a group of usually six kids. We unload the refrigerator, we sort it all out, all the foods into the different categories. And then you just simply put in, you know, how many vegetables, how many juices, how many yogurts, how many cheese sticks. It's literally all there for you. And um, they love the option. You can then take a picture mm -hmm. of the group that did it. So we always take our picture with it. And once you hit submit, it then gives you your data for your school. So we can find out how many pieces of food that we rescued that week. Of that, how many pieces it then sort of translated into how many meals that would equate to, which is always a big impact. They're like, wow, that many meals, you know, 200 meals. I said, yes, it's, it's amazing. So 200 people will eat because of this. And that's maybe an exaggeration, but some weeks during COVID, it wasn't. Um, and then you also can see their, how you reduced your carbon footprint, which just leads me into a fantastic science lesson every week. And I love that I get to do it with every kid in the school at some point. So they really see. And, and it also gives you a running total of how much your school has rescued. And that's really impactful. I've, had, I've presented to our PTO, I've presented to the Board of Education, and when they see those numbers, again, it becomes a no-brainer. How can, how can you not be doing this in your school? 
Yeah, I'm glad you hit on that running total thing. I was going to ask you if you've if you've seen the live impact dashboard where you can pull down the school name. All of our schools, the thousand plus schools that have we've been involved with, have their drop down menu on the live impact dashboard where it basically updates the day after you make your entry. 24 hours later, it'll add to the total, um, and you can get a graphic on that. Have you ever seen that particular link or? Oh, absolutely. That's what I've shared when I when I present about food rescue. Um, I print all that out so that they can see it and see what, what we've done so far. I that love is, that tool. That is it's so great. Because that's what it was intended for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, when you see the numbers and you see what we've done, you know, it, again, it's, it's, you can't really argue it. it. It's something that has to be done at that point. Once you see the impact that you're making, you, you can't go back. No. Because how could you, how could you say, oh, we're not going to do it anymore? Because you can't not knowing that it's you are capable of making that impact. So so well said. Um, you know, if anyone's interested in learning more about starting a K twelve food rescue program um, in their state or their area, um, could they reach out to you? And how might they reach you? Oh, absolutely. Um, you can reach me at Morgan at Sparta org, and I would be happy to walk you through how we started it, sort of the more nitty gritty of how to get kids to sign up and who to reach out to for your schools. Um, I'd be happy to walk anybody through it. Well, thanks so much, Morgan, for being with me today and for, for being a guest on the K-12 Food Rescue Podcast. And thank you so much for what you've done. Well, John, thank you. Because without K-12, without the what you've done, this never would have got off the ground. So um, we're, we're just, we're grateful for the resources and constantly being, I appreciate how accessible you are too. Any, anytime I have a question, John answers me right away. Um, and uh, it, it's been really helpful. I'm not sure without your support, we would have been able to do this. So we appreciate you. Well, thank you so much for your kind words. Have a great morning. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye.